Welcome to the Leadership Works Podcast with Chris and Karen Conley. You have joined us for part two as we talk about applying story to your life. If you missed our first podcast, I'll encourage you to go back so we don't spend 35 minutes telling you what we did the first time. This, I hope, will be a great part two. We have been talking about a story brand conference by Donald Miller, and we are bringing today the Cliff Note version for our audience. Several years ago, Karen and I took our two children, and we went to one of Donald Miller's conferences on story. And that was several generations before Story Brand, when they really were just talking about how to look at your life as a story. It was fascinating to us then to begin to think about our personal lives and to teach our kids really how to see their life as a story and help them to make wise decisions. When you watch a movie and you see the main character, the people in the audience always know what decision the main character should make. You are always the one that is more wise, it seems like, than the main character. So we were trying to teach our children that principle. Our daughter just loves, loves story. So she's very, very talented in that area. So that got me kind of hooked on Donald Miller. And then here recently, I bought his story brand conference. I bought it all on video. I didn't have the opportunity to go to Nashville and go to the one that's live. But I took an entire weekend. Karen was out of town. The kids were out of town. I just did a story brand marathon or what do they call today when we watch those TV shows and we just binge, um, binge, binge. watching. Yeah, I did a binge watching of Donald Miller, believe it or not. I watched like 26. 27 videos that in a row. That sounds so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so engaged in how this influences our personal lives, our professional lives, and how it works in the church. So on the first podcast, we talked about the first three. Let me give you the quick summary. The first, we talked about every story has a character. And in this context, the character is not your brand. The character is your customer. Step two, we saw that every character and every story has to have a problem. And that's what makes it a story is that there is a problem. And then the third phase that we looked at within that story, the character meets a guide. Go back and check out our last podcast to have all of the context of that. Let's jump in. We've established that the context for us looking at this and applying it to High Point Church is that we are realizing that the characters are the people who don't know the Lord, the people that we are trying to reach. For them, obviously, we can see that their problem is that they need the Lord, but it's for us to understand where they are, what are the struggles that they have. And then as a guide, what can we offer them so that they will be interested to allow us to show them and point them to the truth? When we get to that, we'd realize the guide is the one who gives them a plan. And that's kind of step four or module four is that the guide gives them a plan. So build some context of what that really looks like in general. And then how do we as High Point provide that plan? Right. Probably everybody listening to this podcast has been on a diet at some point in time. And a diet is simply a plan. It's a plan of how you can lose weight. It's a plan of how you can become more healthy. If you went to go see a trainer or a dietitian and they didn't break it down into a plan, you would quit 
going to see them. You wouldn't pay them, all right? So every God has to give you a plan. And the God gives the hero a philosophy or a technique to boost their confidence and to help them understand that they have what it takes to overcome this problem. Now, the plan can be simple and straightforward. In many ways, it's best not to overcomplicate the plan. Most of the time, when you find out what the core issue is, the solution is simple and straightforward. So what it does is it points the hero to a path that he or she can take to move toward resolution. In that context, people helping someone who's struggling know this is how I take step one to get past where I am. Whatever problem that is, if that's a parenting problem, if that's a financial problem, if that's a health problem, in our context, a spiritual problem, you just feel overwhelmed. That's what happens to the main character in a story. You feel overwhelmed because of that problem. You are looking for help. You are looking for a solution. And then what you need is not something that's so complicated that you could never remember it or you could never do it or you'll never survive it. But it is having a process. In that whole concept of a process plan, explain what that looks like at High Point. Before I explain at High Point, I'll give you another word picture to help you understand. Let's say that you're out hiking. There's a stream and you want to get to the other side of the stream. What you're naturally looking for as you evaluate that stream is you're looking to see where the low points and the deep points of that stream are. And then oftentimes you're looking to see, has a tree fallen across the stream? Can I walk across that? Are there a couple rocks strategically placed that I can jump across that stream? Almost always, all of us have done this at one point or time. We have crossed a stream. We have crossed a little body of water, a little ditch or something like that. When we found that there were kind of three stones that we could jump across, right? All of us are kind of looking for a three-step process in order to be that plan to help us get where we want to go. And there really is something simple, straightforward about a three-step process. And statistics have shown that if you will limit it to three, that it's actually much more effective and that when you enter into a fourth step, a lot of times things decrease statistically. At high point, the way that we do that is we say love works, life works, leadership works. So love works is that beginning point. It's where you receive the love of God. And when you receive the love of God, you begin to see that love work in your life. Because, see, everyone is going to go through this progression. You're born in a state because we're born with a sinful nature. We're born imperfect. We're born in a way that we're hurting. So when we're hurting, what we need to do is we need to receive the love of God. Now, once we receive the love of God, we begin to return love to God. And that brings us to a place of healing. We receive the love, we return his love, and then when we give his love, we go from hurting to healing to helping. From hurting, healing, helping. That's love works. Love works in our life is that first step where we're receiving the love of God. Second, life works. See, when love works, life begins to work. And what we want to do is we want to help you make life work by growing in your relationship with Christ, by helping you walk by the Spirit and therefore bear the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so he says, against these things, there is no law because they work, right? So life works when you walk by the Spirit and you bear the fruits of the Spirit. So first, 
others. Love has to work in your life. When love works, life works. That's the discipleship process. That's how you are becoming more like Christ. So you're going from salvation to sanctification. And then third, as you begin to receive his love and return his love, then you start to give his love. That's leadership works. So you discover what your gifts are. You discover what your talents are. And you begin to grow in those areas. And you begin to serve in those areas. And you begin to use your influence, which is your leadership, for the greater good. And you see leadership work in your life. It's a three-step process. Love works, life works, leadership works. Well, I'm laughing at your three-stone analogy because you are such the outdoors enthusiast. That's such a practical example. But it's, hey, I just went to JH Ranch, so I had my one week of outdoors. Now I'm <laughs> hurry, an expert. That's right. And you, so I, you, but I can cross a stream, okay? That's right. At that big stride I did have. those high ropes courses, and, and I could definitely cross the little platforms they had there because of my ability to stretch from one platform to the other. There you go. Well, it makes a lot of sense. I think any of us who have children will understand. If you make something too complicated for your children, you lose them. And that is true really for us as adults. As we think about giving them a plan in module four, the module five that we'll move to is a call to action. So again, if you're thinking about this in the context of a story, there is always a character who has a problem who then meets a guide. And that guide is the one who gives them the plan. And we just talked about that needs to be a simple plan. It doesn't need to be so complicated that they lose track of where they're supposed to be on the plan. But then, Chris, there has to be a call to action. Why a call to action is absolutely critical. Because typically for most people, most people don't change until they're challenged to do so. You've maybe heard people say people don't change until it costs them too much not to change. It's that call to action that moves us out of our comfort zone, or it's that call of action that demands that we solve this problem, the tool that screenwriters use to propel these characters into a story is called the inciting incident. Donald Miller does an incredible job of talking about this. Inciting incident is an event that acts upon the character and motivates them to take action. All of us have to get to a place in our life where we say, I've allowed this problem to exist for far too long. And now this problem is beginning to create an abundance of problems. Not only is the problem influencing me negatively, but I begin to see that the problem is influencing the people I care about negatively. What you're doing is you're helping them see when these things happen, we have got to step in and call them to action. There are natural problems that happen all throughout our life that are these turning point opportunities. I think about inciting incidents, and there are positive inciting incidents. A lot of times the first of the year, kind of a new start that sometimes can propel people to do something different. Or you have a child, and maybe spiritually you're like, you know what, we want to make sure our child has a foundation, or we get married. But a lot of times, more often than not, we will see that it's a negative inciting incident. It is something that causes people to wake up out of their day-to-day life and go, I cannot tolerate this anymore. Either way, if we don't have one of these inciting incidents, 
most of the time, people won't make any decision to be different. Right. We, as the company, as the organization, as the church, as the brand, we need to know what some of those predictable inciting incidents are. Those are moments for us to come alongside of someone and be a guide. Those are moments for us to come alongside of someone and present them a plan. It's the opportunity for us to meet a need in their life and to love them. So you gave some of those positive inciting incidents. But you know what? When someone has experienced disappointment, maybe they didn't get the promotion they wanted, or maybe they even lost their job. That's an inciting incident. Maybe they're really dialed into sports, and their son or daughter is on a particular team, and and, and they lost the championship game. Maybe it's an opportunity to come alongside and encourage someone, and it's an inciting incident. But what we see oftentimes is... Think about the everyday flow of people's lives. In the world of parenting, there's oftentimes difficulty with teenagers. That can be inside. What are you talking about? Yeah, we know nothing about that, (laughs) right? right. We've got two kids that are teenagers. One's a senior, one's a junior. So we live in that world daily. So there's these inciting incidents of difficulties with teenagers. Sometimes it's marriage trouble. And unfortunately, sometimes it goes beyond marriage trouble to divorce. In today's world, the abundance of addiction problems, drug problems, when you lose a loved one, death. There's a lot of people that battle different forms of depression. So when you see those things, it's our opportunity to come in, be a guide, love them, care about them, have empathy, have authority, and then present a plan and then call them to action. And moving kind of to the application of that, Chris, you can look through the ministries at High Point Church, and some of them are strategically designed for re-engage so that there is something there when someone finally has that inciting incident and says, we have to do something to save our marriage. There is something there. Making marriage make sense is a proactive, positive step there. We try to provide those so that when those moments, both positive and negative, come, we are seen as a guide that will point them to the Lord, point them to what we know to be the ultimate one who will give them the hope and the peace that they need in their life. When you think about that, re-engage, it's for bored, bruised, and broken marriages. It's really recovery for marriage. And so that's a great example of an inciting incident that we can come along and be a guide. You mentioned making marriage make sense. That's the proactive one. But we also have celebrate recovery. Someone find themselves with hurts, habits, or hangups. We can come alongside of them and walk them through a 12-step recovery process and be that guide. So there are always these direct call to action. So like just in the church, when someone hears the gospel. They respond to the gospel by placing their faith in Jesus Christ. That's a direct call to action. But then there's also these transitional calls where let's say someone is in making marriage make sense. What we do is we come alongside of them and we can begin then take them also through a 7,000 days journey of parenting. 7,000 days is from crib to college. We say, hey, let us walk with you through that process, engage you through each step of your child's development so that you can understand that. So when we look at this, it is essential that we have a plan and it's essential that we call people to action. And that really brings us to the sixth and seventh step, which are really two sides of one coin. I'm glad you said that because probably if you were listening to it, it's a little bit confusing as I put these last two out there. It's a call to action. And then the sixth and seventh results in failure. Well, not what anybody wanted to hear, right? 
or that results in success. Results in failure if you don't follow the call to action. So that's exactly what happens. Help our audience to understand how High Point plays a role in this. What happens when they choose not to go and respond to that call to action? On the other side, when they do. When we look at the progression of this, you meet a guide, that God gives you a plan, you are called to action. If you take the action, in step seven, we'll talk about that that results in success. If you neglect to follow that inciting incident, you stay in your pattern of old behavior, then that's going to result in failure. So these bad things happen in life. In order for us to be their God, what we've got to do is show them what will happen if they don't take this action. Even paint a picture of what failure looks like so that they'll be motivated to not go that way. It's a warning sign. You're putting a warning sign up and say, please don't neglect to act because if you neglect to act in this way, here's the future and the future doesn't look pretty. Here's what failure looks like in this area. In Miss Perfect, the Bible study that I've written, one of the messages in there, kind of at the very end, I paint this picture because I'm trying to help women to see if you just keep doing what you've always been doing. It's called Miss Perfect, Discovering God's Purpose Without the Pressure. If you just keep doing what you're doing, you are going to live a life full of pressure. The other alternative is to do something different, and that's what the Bible study is about. But that's an example there of this is what it looks like. You're unintentionally deciding to go down the wrong road if you choose not to respond, if you choose not to do something different. Right. We're really trying to answer this question. What failure is your brand helping your customer avoid? What failure is your brand helping your customer avoid? In the high point context, we're going to try to come alongside of them and decrease the ways that love doesn't work in their life and increase the ways that love does work. Because if we don't do that, then you're going to see that when love doesn't work, all of a sudden people become unhealthy instead of healthy. And when they become unhealthy, they become hurting. And when they're hurting people, they hurt other people. What we've got to do is we've got to come alongside of them and say, you can't afford for love not to work in your life. Let's finish on the positive. When they do respond to that inciting incident, when they do take their guide's advice and they've got that empathy and the authority that the guide offers and the result is success. Applying this principle that once they accept that call to action and they begin to apply the plan. So they're doing some positive things. They're taking the three steps across the stream. Once that happens, in a high point context, here would be the successful results, what should motivate us in order to follow that plan and take that course of action. We would say at high point, to love well is to live well. So if we can take love from not working to working, and then we can also see that when we love well, that really is the definition of living well. To love well is to live abundantly, because see, our abundance comes from giving, not receiving. Our abundance comes from the way that we are able to love others and make a difference in the lives of others. It's not based upon what we get. It's based upon what we give. So the way that we like to say that is when love works, life works. That's the success story. And when love works, relationship works. So to love well is to fulfill your God-given purpose. 
this is a unique way to think about both our role as a body in a corporate setting, but also even as I look back through these seven different modules, it's really also a picture of what happens in discipleship on a one-on-one basis that someone comes to you and they ask you to pour into their life. They have a problem. You are the guide. You help them to see a plan. You don't want it to be so complicated that they never come back. You want to point them simply how to take that next step to the Lord. Think of Henry Blackaby, the crisis of belief. There's a call to action. You got to do something with it. Then that determines whether you are obedient and you move forward in the success or whether that guide is there to help you and scoop you up if you choose not to and to redirect you to the right path. That is an incredible illustration. That is exactly right. That is the discipleship model. I love, love that application of this. And in that discipleship model, ultimately what we're trying to do is we're trying to take people from love not working to love working. And then we're trying to take people from unfaithful to faithful. It's our hope that this overview of StoryBrand will encourage you on a personal level and a professional level. We want to just encourage you to go check out Donald Miller's work on this, to go to storybrand.com. Some great, great stuff that will continue to help you as well. Thank you so much for joining us for part two of this podcast. We would love for you to follow us on social media. Both of us are on Twitter at Chris Conley and at Karen Conley. We also have blogs, karenconley.com and Chris Conley.net. Conley is C-O-N-L-E-E, not a Y, L-E-E. Of course, you can go to highpointmemphis.com and leadershipworksconference.org. You can find us anywhere and hope you'll just follow along with our podcast. You have a great day.